everyone, and welcome back to It's All Kind of Fuzzy, the podcast where we discuss the most unsettling unsolved crimes, speculate wildly, and cope by drinking all the alcohol we can get our hands on. <laughs> Yay, it's inclusive now. <laughs> oh my god. I'm Ariana. <laughs> I'm Alexandra. <laughs> and yeah, again, two weeks later and Alexandra's still not drinking wine. Nope. I did try the wine that Ariana's drinking and it's very good. It's really freaking good. Super good, but no, I'm not drinking wine. Um, I am, however, really freaking hot in this room right now. <laughs> that is super related. <laughs> right? I thought so. It is That's pretty just, hot like, what here. was on my mind because I'm, like, sweating. This is going to be unbearable in the summer. Oh, my God, yeah. <sighs> really Because we can't keep, like, because right now we can't have the heat on, which we don't need the heat on because no. it's, like, 60 well, degrees outside. Well, the heat was so. on when I got home at 69 <laughs> degrees. Was it really? And the windows open. Oh. And so I'm, like, great. That was a waste of money. that's weird because usually like during the day the heat sets itself to 61 yeah and like doesn't turn on so i don't know why it was at 69 someone i'm guessing it was michael turned it up freaking michael (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it was really nice today but now it's freaking hot in this room Mm -hmm. and so we can't like have either the heat or the ac on because we can you can hear it yeah and so it would just cause a distraction and yeah, so this is, we're suffering for you guys. Yeah, you're so welcome. it's going to be like a sauna in here during the summer. <laughs> we're just going to have to like basically wear no clothes. Sorry, Colby. <laughs> we'll just wear our swimming suits. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> just pour alcohol over us. Yes. <laughs> so um, what you're drinking would be a good drink. For when it's hot as fuck outside. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited about this, you guys. So I found it. That I went was a to... really smooth segue. That was. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Proud of you. Um, yeah, I found this at the liquor store last minute, and it's Mike's Literal Hard. Last, past Literal, last minute, yeah. actually. It's okay. <laughs> um, it's a Mike's Hard, but it's like a limited edition, and it's pineapple mandarin, and it is really freaking good. It is really good. It will be... An amazing summer drink, so I hope that they still have it throughout the summer. I'm feeling like that's why they have yeah, it as limited. Like, it's sense. limited for the summertime because Pineapple Mandarin is a summer for flavor, sure. I feel like. But, yeah, it's really good. So, if you guys find it at your local liquor stores, you should definitely try it. And also tell Mike's Hard Lemonade to sponsor us while you're at it. Uh, you mi- They might as well at this point. That's, like, either that or Twisted Tea or, yeah, or they, both. They both sponsor us. That's really, Alexander like, all I person, drink, so... so. <laughs> They're both just, like, great casual sipping drinks. I don't know. Or chugging drinks. Really, it's just all-around great drink. Spon- <laughs> so Sponsor us, please. Yes. <laughs> God, that would be great. Um, yeah, and then I got Ariana and Colby and myself little Blue Chair Bay shooters, which, by the way, is a rum by Kenny Chesney. Whoop, whoop. I did not know that. Really? No, I didn't. Yeah, I mean. I dropped the Okay, cap. God, I'm, I hope I'm right now. No, it's definitely by Kenny Chesney. I can't really. I don't see Kenny Chesney. The inscription on, on here is absolutely tiny, and you need like a magnifying and glass. And also, it's blue on green. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really hard to see. Yeah, this light in here isn't good enough. So, but no, Blue Turbay, it is by Kenny Chesney, I want to say. Yeah, she got us these shooters because she was a half an hour late. I was having dinner with her, my parents, okay? It was like an innocent being late, <laughs> but. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Ooh. but anyway, the flavor is key lime rum cream, and it's so delicious. Oh, my God. I know. I told you. 
Yeah, it smells amazing and it tastes even better. So. That's literally the most incredible thing. We I've also, ever had. Um, Blue Chair Bay is not our sponsors either. So <laughs> just saying, guys, we no, have to like say I, this. I know. <laughs> then, like, it tastes delicious. And <laughs> oh my God. But yeah, it's freaking bomb. Wait, can we just get a big bottle of this and yes, right? Yes, like, we can. I'm totally down for that. There's also there's like a few flavors of this. There's like a coconut one, which I would like if it didn't smell like the hand lotion that I had. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, that was a whole <laughs> other thing because I like I kept tasting it. I was like, why does this taste like so familiar? Not that I eat my lotion, but it just tasted the way she, my lotion she used to. smells. <laughs> and, she grew uh, out of that. A couple months ago. <laughs> yeah, I'm maturing. Um, but yeah, and then I figured it out that it tastes like my hand lotion smells, and then I couldn't really drink it anymore. But for everyone that didn't have that lotion, it tastes really good as well. So. Mom, I know you're listening. You would fucking love this. <laughs> um, because my mom loves key lime pie. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's so good. I also tried a key lime pie beer recently that was super good. And it was, like, the lime flavors and the cream came out initially, and then afterwards you taste the graham cracker. How was the mouthfeel? <laughs> um, <laughs> very smooth. <laughs> I don't even know how to I describe really it. I really love the mouthfeel part of, like, flavor tasting. Yeah, yeah. It me up. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't have a great description for the mouthfeel. I guess it was light. <laughs> All right. I don't, Is that fair? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> But it was good. Yeah. I guess I just like key lime flavored things. Mm-hmm. So You're like my mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, I have, a, I guess, a less exciting and less talkative thing to say <laughs> for my drink. <laughs> um, but I'm drinking what's called Sun Garden Riesling from Germany, obviously. And it's really fucking good. Yeah. The bottle is beautiful. Also. I know. It's gorgeous. Also very summery. Mm-hmm. I would say. So, yeah, I really love the bottle. Mm-hmm. It's, like, blue with, like, a yellow cap, and then the label is, like, a sun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I like it. Me, too, and it's really good. Yeah. It's very sweet, which most Rieslings are, mm-hmm. but you can get... That's why I like it, because it's on the yeah, sweeter side, so. you can get dry Rieslings. Yeah. I'm, like, kind of interested to try one, but mm-hmm. I never have. This I can is the first Riesling make do with had. that. That's really good. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> Yeah, I feel like it's just going to get hotter from here <laughs> the more I keep drinking, so. Oh, I thought you meant, like, in terms of weather, and I was like, I guess, oh. but I think it's supposed <laughs> to snow this weekend. Oh, no, <laughs> no. Yeah, I could never predict the weather. weather. The weather. The weather. The weather in Colorado. I wouldn't even attempt Well, especially in our area, just because of the mountains. Yeah. Like, it makes it really hard to predict. You never know. Like, everyone's like, those damn meteorologists. I'm like, it's really not their fault. It's not. It's not, <laughs> but... Blame the mountains. Mm-hmm. I do. Every day. <laughs> but For the everything. Too. For every bad thing that's ever happened in my life. Those damn mountains. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so. Oh! My God! <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> That was the most terrifying thing that's ever happened. Whoa! <laughs> Colby's over here giving us heart attacks. <laughs> that was a really nice crack. Right? Damn, that was a good crack. Cracking the cold I one. I just with really don't like that you. The it's all kind of fuzzy. Before. Crew. 
you did it. Yeah, I know. Nobody has to say anything important in that moment. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I was like on high alert after that. Yeah, seriously. All right. And Colby's drinking Bud Light, so. As usual. Very refined, Colby. Whatever beer is in the house. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. Whatever, Which is usually Bud Light, but sometimes it's different. Yeah, the person who drinks the most beer in the house is not the most refined. No. He also likes warm beer, so... What? Yeah, that's, like... that's warm. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what is that warm? Idiot. Oh, man. I can't drink... Oh, I cannot drink warm beer. Ew. The beer that I drink has to be we, ice cold. We've talked about this before. I know. Beer tastes like urine. If it's so, super warm. Yeah, yeah, so there's no appeal in drinking Especially it. Especially Coors, though. Oh, God. Coors tastes Sorry, like that cold. Coors. We True, should be we should be repping Coors because we live in Colorado, but it's just, I'm I can't. Sorry. I'm I just sorry. can't. I really can't. <laughs> they also have the Anheuser Busch Brewery here too. That's true. Oh yeah, but I feel like Coors is more. Yes, it's more known with Colorado. Yeah, yeah. I do like Bush actually. I don't like any cheap beer. Mm. Like it has to be like a sour or. Um, Purple Haze, which I'm pretty sure is a sour. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Purple Haze is a sour. So it has to be a sour. (laughs) (laughs) Sour beers are good. I tried, I told you this, I tried um, at my work a Neapolitan ice cream sour, Mm -hmm. and it was really good. It sounds super weird, (laughs) but I know, and um, yeah, my, one of my managers, um, he like saw it at one of the liquor stores and he decided to get it and so he let all of us try it and yeah it was Neapolitan ice cream sour and I actually really enjoyed it like the initial taste was mostly strawberry and then the aftertaste was like the chocolate and the vanilla and it just worked somehow like I didn't think I would like it but it was really freaking good so anyway let's go by <laughs> um, we should Anyway, should we stop talking about random alcohols and start talking about murder and mayhem? I guess so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's really the only two things we talk about here, but yes. Mm-hmm. Probably Alcohol talk about... Murder. Well, Although, I will not... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I won't be talking about murder. I'll be talking about mayhem, <laughs> though. I do like mayhem. So, yes. And yeah, it's it's your turn to go first. Mm-hmm. I had to look it up because I didn't remember. Yeah, yeah, I listened to our last episode today, actually. Oh, so, you did? Um... Yeah, so I knew it was my turn to go first. Well, la-dee-da. It's okay. I didn't have time to listen today, Mm -hmm. because I was crying in the corner at work. (laughs) Um, alright, so. What story will you be gracing us with? The story of today (laughs) is going to be, um, I guess I'll just call it, like, the Circleville Letters. Do you know it? You know it? Are you serious? Yeah, I do know it. Gosh, dang it! I didn't think she would know it. Okay. Um, Sorry, I'm just that good. So, but yeah. So really, it's just like a different story. Like, different true crime than what, like, we usually talk about. Like, it's not, it doesn't really... super wild from what I remember. Yeah, no, it is, but it doesn't, like, involve any disappearances. It doesn't involve any murders. Well, most likely. There might have been a murder, but not so sure about that. There may have been a murder. Yes. (laughs) Anyway, so this story takes place in Circleville, Ohio, and it starts in 1977. Um, It revolves around a school bus driver named Mary... I should have looked up how to pronounce her last name, but I'm going to go with Gillipsy. Or Gillipsy? Gillipsy? 
or Gale- Gillespie. It's Gillespie. Gillespie. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I like replaced or I switched the P and the S in the Mary name. Gypsy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Whoops, my bad. <clears throat> Off to a good start. Okay. Oh yeah. Mary. What do you say, Gillespie? Gillespie. Okay. So, um, like I said, 1977, she began receiving anonymous letters postmarked from Columbus, Ohio, but there wasn't like an actual return address on these. Um, the letters detailed certain aspects of Mary's life, including an affair with the local school superintendent named Gordon Macy. Saucy. <laughs> and she denied this accusation. Um, yet still, whoever wrote the letters seemed to know quite a bit about her life. The letters were also threatening in nature. Um, one or a few sentences from one of the letters was, quote, I know where you live. I've been observing your house and know you have children. This is no joke. Please take it serious. <laughs> so that is they not said please. English. They said please though, so they're polite at least. But it's not proper. <laughs> I know. English. I know. I read that. I was like, ugh. <laughs> uh, makes yeah. me want to grab uh-huh. Um. So in the letters, the anonymous writer asked Mary to come clean to her family about the affair. However, Mary hid the letters and did not tell her husband about them until he received one also. Oh. Um, Ooh, this this letter... This guy's wanting to stir oh. up trouble. Oh, I know. Uh, so, <laughs> this letter demanded that Mary's husband, Ron, inform the school board about the affair and that if he did not stop the affair, his own life would be in danger. Why? So, I, I don't know. <laughs> Who gives a shit? Yeah, I don't really know why Ron's life is threatened here, <laughs> but... I know you're the victim of this, but you're gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How dare you let this happen in the first place? <laughs> um, so, yeah. Mary nor Ron had any idea who could have been writing these letters, and neither, neither of them did what the writer had asked. So, two weeks later, Mary received another letter in which the writer expressed his or her frustrations with Mary due to her lack of cooperation. And the writer threatened that if Mary did not come clean to the school board about the affair, that they would, quote, broadcast it on CBS, posters, signs, and billboards. CBS specifically? So, specifically, yeah. He already, like, signed the rights away to CBS, so he had to, you know. They paid him the most for this <laughs> Yeah. Um, so... Mary and Ron shared the letters with Ron's sister, Karen, another last name I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce, uh, Freshor? Sure. And her husband, Paul, and Paul's sister, um, apparently her name's not that important because I never found it on any of the articles, so, (laughs) yeah. Um, eventually Mary began to suspect someone of being the anonymous writer, so they wrote their own letters back to the suspect, claiming they knew... Like, it was them, and they asked them to stop, and for a while, the letters did stop. Um, then, uh, still 1977, on August 19th, while Mary was on a trip, Ron received a phone call, um, which his children claimed made him seemingly angry. He grabbed his gun before walking out of the house, telling his children that he was going to confront the letter writer. He then got in his truck and drove away. Not too long after this, Ron's truck was found smashed into a tree with Ron inside of it dead. One shot had been fired from his gun, but the bullet was never found. Um, Sheriff 
Dwight Radcliffe, which I love that his name is Dwight because <laughs> Dwight in the office is a volunteer sheriff. <laughs> sheriff so, Dwight Truth. Yes. <laughs> Man, that'd be too great. Um, so he, Sheriff ruled Ron's death an accident. However, many people throughout the town had their suspicions that it wasn't. Additionally, several people in Circleville began receiving anonymous letters notifying them of the affair between Mary and Superintendent Gordon Macy. The letters also suggested that Sheriff Radcliffe was involved in a cover-up. So, supposedly he initially believed that Ron's death was the result of foul play, but then he changed his mind after one of the suspects passed a polygraph test. So, you know, once again, they're the most reliable things that My God. can happen yeah. in... <laughs> a case law enforcement, like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the most reliable law enforcement tool. Mm-hmm. No ifs, ands, and buts about it. <laughs> yeah, so he just accepted that, I guess. Um, Ron's blood alcohol level was 0.16 at the time mm. of his death, which really was fucking twice the legal limit, yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, which surprised his friends and family. <laughs> which is that... mine right now. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, who state that they never knew Ron to be a heavy drinker, but, I mean, considering, like, everything that had been happening... To him and the whole family lately, like, can't really blame him. Yeah, (laughs) I would also be. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, him driving, like, with that alcohol level was wrong. But, I mean, heavy drinking during all that is, you know, (laughs) is the answer. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Is she, though? (laughs) Um, So, Superintendent Macy eventually divorced his wife and he and Mary officially acknowledged their relationship, but they always defended that the romance didn't start until after the letters began to arrive. So the letters were, like, so, matchmaking letters? Yeah. So they're like, hey, this guy's onto something. Like, maybe we should get together. Man, he senses something that we didn't know yet. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> He's actually this. our hero. <laughs> Cupid. Yeah. Disguise. Um. So, like I said, the letters stopped for quite a while. Um... However, in 1983, Mary again began receiving threatening letters, most likely from the same writer. Um, She had the same bus route every day, and she began noticing threatening signs on the side of the road, once again, probably written by the same person. Um, She usually ignored the signs. However, one day Mary noticed a sign that mentioned her daughter, which led her to pull over and rip it down. Upon doing this, she discovered that the sign was attached to a cardboard box, which contained a handgun inside of it. Um, there was a string attached to the sign that was also tied around the trigger of the gun, um, so it was, like, kind of a bad booby trap to try to, like, kill her or harm her, so, like, That's it a was, terrible booby trap. I know, so, like, I guess the intention was that, like, if she ripped the sign mm-hmm. off, that it would pull the trigger and she'd just get shot. Yeah. Um, but the gun never went off, so it was just all around a bad idea. That's literally terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, so whoever had possession of the gun prior to this booby trap tried rubbing off the gun's serial numbers, but they did a really shitty job. Oh my god. Because the lab was able to identify the gun's previous owner, who was Paul Fresher, um, who claimed that he had kept the gun hidden in his garage, but he never checked on it or used it, so he wasn't aware that it had been stolen. Mm-hmm. Likely story. <laughs> um, so the police department asked Paul to copy the handwriting in the letter. This this whole method that they used is just very, uh, I don't know, poor. <laughs> I, I don't think it's credible whatsoever. But 
Um, basically, they told Paul to copy the handwriting in the letters as closely as he could. <laughs> and what? his handwriting resembled the writing in the letters. That's not how you take a Which is so freaking stupid. Stooping. It's stooping. But dumb, because, first of all, like, the way that the author wrote the letters mm-hmm. and, like, the words, the letters were, like, box letters, I, probably so that they couldn't actually identify oh, yeah. who really did it. So it would have been really easy to, like, for anybody to be able to copy yeah. the handwriting. It's lo- like, if the letters are in front of them. Yeah. So, just a stupid way to do it, first of all. Like, you're supposed um, to say, write this. Yeah. Not, here's the sample. <laughs> Try to Ca- match it. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, pretty much anyone could do that if they yeah. tried, I feel like. Yeah. So, still, with this proof, or with this and proof that Paul was the owner of the handgun used in the booby trap, he was convicted of attempted murder and sentenced to a minimum of seven years in prison and a maximum of 25. So. The end. <laughs> the end. That's <laughs> it. <solved>. Yeah. <laughs> However, there are several arguments based on facts surrounding the case that suggest Paul is innocent. So, one, Paul's fingerprints were not found on any of the, any, oh my god, I cannot freaking talk to save my life. You're having a hard time. I'm really struggling. (laughs) So, his fingerprints were not found on any of the evidence, and there was no further evidence discovered that connected him to the crimes. So, there wasn't, like, anything in his house. They didn't find any um, ammunition, like, from the gun. No paper. No paper. No paper? Wait, no paper. For I was saying, like, no paper. Like, he has no paper in his house to write the letters. Oh, yeah. No paper. So, that would be weird if there wasn't any paper. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, so, also, Paul and Karen had recently gotten a divorce, and Mary claimed that prior to their divorce, Karen had told Mary that she was suspicious of Paul being the writer of the letters. However, if she was actually... Or if she actually thought this, Paul wondered why Karen never brought this up during divorce court. Like, why she never thought Mm -hmm. that he might have been the author. Um, So, also, Paul wasn't at work the day that Mary discovered the booby trap. However, an alibi witness placed Paul at his house between, um, I think, oh, at home between 1230 and 430. And she found the trap at 330 that afternoon. Which doesn't necessarily mean he that he set it up earlier. Well, yeah, exactly. But I that was just kind of another little tidbit, um, like adding to how it possibly might not have been him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then several years later, it was discovered that a crucial piece of evidence was withheld during the trial, which was that another school bus driver who took the same route as Mary noticed about twenty minutes before Mary discovered the sign that there was a yellow El Camino parked at the spot where the sign was found. And the bus driver described the driver of the El Camino and the description of that man didn't match Paul's visible features. Um, The description did, however, match the appearance of Karen's current boyfriend at the time. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) So, also, Paul didn't own an El Camino. However, Karen's brother did. So. Okay. They never confirmed that it was his, but kind of sketch likely Uh, yeah (laughs) um and then even after paul was incarcerated the letters continued so like yeah (laughs) um when the police found this out they put paul in solitary confinement where he was denied access to any writing materials and was continuously monitored yet people throughout circleville continued receiving the letters signed by the circleville writer solitary is 
unusual and cruel punishment. Yeah. I don't believe in solitude. No, me neither. But that was just, like, more proof that, like, he literally could not have written these letters. Sorry, I'm pouring wine. You're good. (laughs) (laughs) I like that sound. Me too. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) One of the best sounds in the world. Definitely. Yeah. (sighs) Okay. So, yeah. Because don't they, I mean, even if he wasn't in solitary... Don't they monitor letters going in and out of prison? I'm pretty sure. I, yeah, they would have to, right? Yeah, because like, they have to see what they're writing about. Like, a prison break. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, it was just, I don't know, all around stupid. Like, I I personally don't think Paul was involved no. whatsoever. If he was in solitary. It was just, yeah, it was just shitty and he, like, got falsely accused. Um, yeah. That sucks. So... Although it was now obvious that Paul was not the author of these letters, he was still denied parole in December of 1990 for some fucking reason. Um, And he actually received his own letter from the Circleville writer (laughs) while still in prison. Fucking idiot. Literally, they like it was like mocking him, and it said, "Quote: Now, when are you going to believe you aren't going to get out of there? (laughs) I told you two years ago." When we set them up, they stay set up. Don't you listen at all? <laughs> yeah, God, Paul, don't you listen at all? Seriously, Paul, <laughs> turn on your listening ears. <laughs> um, so, yeah, basically just mocking the fact that yeah. he was, like, still in prison for something he didn't do. Oh, my God. So, finally, he was granted parole in 1994. So, four years later, like, after it should have been Unless immediately there obvious. there was another writer. Well, yeah. Trying to, like, get him out of prison. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But... Yeah, I don't know. I think there are some theories that I kind of, I, I agree with. Okay. Um, so he, at this point, was more determined than ever to uncover the identity of the Circleville writer. His suspicions largely revolved around Sheriff Radcliffe, um, not for being the author necessarily, but once again for kind of like covering up mm-hmm. not only information about this particular case, but also information about other crimes committed throughout the town. Right. So there was just like a lot of suspicion about corruption like in the police force Mm -hmm. especially around sheriff radcliffe um so yeah uh eventually this unsolved mystery ended up being featured on unsolved mysteries (laughs) um while working on the story the show's main office received an anonymous postcard which stated quote forget circleville ohio do nothing to hurt sheriff radcliffe if you come to ohio you El Sicos will pay. El Sicos? <laughs> Which, I don't get that part really. What? I, I don't know. Yeah. You the uh, Sickos. It is, yeah. And it's like, like the E in L is capitalized and the S in Sicos is capitalized. So, I don't know. clearly did not pass a rudimentary English class. No. But that's just like so random to El Sicos. El Sicos. I just don't get it. Like, is it being like you the Sickos? I, yeah, I guess so. Why I just L? think it's random. Why is that one, like, Spanish word? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Okay. Um, so, yeah. They uh, went to Circleville and nothing happened to them? The, no. No, not that <laughs> I've heard of, anyway. Um, that would be crazy being, like, the writers and the producers of Unsolved Mysteries, though, because it seems like they always, like, got, like, tips and somewhat anonymous involved, things or, yeah. like, somewhat involved in the case. Man, like, so even cool. with, um, damn, I really can't remember his name right now, but the guy who was, like, involved in the, it was, like, the guy I did, not last episode, but the episode before that, where there was, like, 
the whole thing that he worked for the government and then oh. the Unsolved Mysteries, like they were doing um, an episode about it. Charles C. Morgan? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. I can't even remember my own guy. Yeah. <laughs> that was your um, case, not everybody. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Whoops. But yeah, like they got involved, in, pretty involved in that case yeah, too. Sure. So I don't know. Man, that'd be so cool. Yeah. Um, so, unfortunately, Paul passed away in 2012, not knowing who, like, or not knowing the identity of the Circle of the Writer, so he that never sucks. figured it out. Um, at least he was finally released from prison for being, you know, God, but that would suck so but... bad, like, you die not knowing. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people die not knowing, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, but it's, it's still just Like, he was framed. Yeah. So, theories, um, there aren't too many, there's really, like, one overall main theory and it like connects two people to the case mm. um so the first one is revolving around karen paul's ex-wife mm-hmm. um many people believe that paul's attempted murder conviction was constructed by karen um like at the time of their divorce paul received full ownership of the house and full custody of their kids see that's a that means so, she was a shitty ass mother. Exactly, yeah. Because it's pretty rare for dudes to get yeah full custody. Exactly, that's what I thought when I read like, this too. Up wrong. Yeah, but yeah. like, especially back so, then. Mm-hmm. So it's possible that Karen responded by framing Paul for the attempted murder of Mary. Um, she did win back custody of the house and the children once Paul was convicted. Um, also, she was one of the only people who knew where Paul kept his gun hidden. However, most people don't believe that it was Karen who sent the original threatening letters back in 1977. Mm -hmm. So they think that she kind of played off of those letters and then just framed him for, like, the attempted murder. Mm. So, which I could definitely see. Oh, yeah. Especially considering he got everything in the divorce. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and then many suspect, whoa, I read that wrong. Many suspect (laughs) that these original (laughs) letters were written by a fellow school bus driver David Longberry. <laughs> Longbottom? <laughs> Longbottom. Um, who worked with Mary for years. Um, supposedly, he made romantic advances toward Mary, who then rejected him. <laughs> um, possibly angered by this, he could have written the threatening letters to Mary and Ron. And then in 1999, he actually became a wanted fugitive for raping an 11-year-old girl. Ugh. And committed suicide before being located. That makes so, sense. Dudes who get mad. Yeah. Because a girl dares not to fuck them. Mm-hmm. Or dudes who would do something like that. Yeah, exactly. And That Venn diagram is a circle. Yeah. And then, you know, the rape. Like, obviously, he's a shitty person. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. So, I, I could definitely see this. Because, yeah, you know, guy, a lot of guys do not handle rejection well. No, and, like they can't no. stand it because you know <clears throat> nobody their taught them is... how to process their emotions. Yeah. So then. Sorry, Colby. <laughs> it's not. It's not all men. It's no. not all. Um. No. So then the theory basically. See, if you feel targeted by that, it might be you. But if you don't feel targeted by it, then like, you're fine. It's not you. Like, <laughs> yeah. Men don't understand that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, then the like the overall theory I was talking about that it was like both of them so mm-hmm. once again like david writing the initial like initial you're really struggling <laughs> i don't know why i can't you sound like me last week i can't do words <laughs> i can't do words i can't do english <laughs> yeah um so he wrote like the initial threatening 
Why do I keep saying that? Initial. It's <laughs> not a word. Like, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like, traditional, national. <laughs> um, okay. He wrote the initial threatening letters. And then, like I said before, Karen like played off of those initial letters to frame Paul. So that she would get like everything back. Yeah. Um, so as far as like major theories, that's like really the only one that I could find. Mm-hmm. Like obviously there were other suspects like in the case, but there was really no evidence to back those up. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me personally, I feel like this case is fairly clean cut, but they just couldn't find enough evidence to actually yeah. convict anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, to this day, the author of the Circleville letters is not identified and might not ever be, and will remain unsolved. unsolved. <laughs> yeah, don't sue us. Whoops, don't no, <laughs> yeah, don't do that. <laughs> when I like was typing the end, I like wanted to say that because it just like goes so well. But um, yeah. that actually reminds me a lot. Did you watch the season premiere of Let's Be I did. Yes. It reminds me a lot of the Watcher case. Mm, yeah, yeah. That one was like, creepy. Oh my god, I was watching it like downstairs. I was like, I'm getting like I was getting like chills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love Let's Be Unsolved. <laughs> so much. Yeah, it's a great show. Yep. <clears throat> but yeah. So yeah, like I said, when I was watching like that episode, I was mm-hmm. thinking of the Circle Bowl Rider. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn, I really didn't think you would know that one, but <laughs> I did. Oh well. Jokes on you. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I yeah, it was, it was I've l- I've just found it before like researching unsolved like cases. Oh, okay. That yeah, that was the first time I came across that one actually. Hmm. But now, because, yeah, I always search, like, unsolved cases, mm-hmm. I find, like, I see so many. Yeah. And I, like, know of so many now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's gonna be get. It's gonna be getting. It's gonna mm-hmm. be harder for us to, um, like, surprise each, each other. other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's already kind of hard to surprise me, but mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. you're getting a little more <laughs> well-versed yes, in all this. <laughs> I am. I am. I wonder if you've heard mine. Do you think I have? Probably not. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's possible. Hmm. Um, Is it, like, a famous case? I mean, I'd never heard of it before I, like, researched it. Mm-hmm. But you'll have to stop me when things start sounding familiar. Wait, because they will? Or yeah. be... They will start sounding it's familiar? It's very similar to... Another like, case? Mm-hmm. That we've done or that I've heard of? I'm Both? not going to tell you that. <laughs> Dang it. Okay. <laughs> That makes it too Man, now I feel pressure to, like, know (laughs) that. Okay. Okay. Uh, So, my case is the disappearance of Brianna Maitland. Mm, So far does not sound familiar. (laughs) So far. We shall see. (laughs) Uh, We've gotten really far. Mm -hmm. All right. So, Brianna Alexandra Maitland was born on October 8th, 1986 in Burlington, Vermont to Bruce and Kelly Maitland. She had one brother and grew up on a farm near the U.S.-Canadian border. She was extensively trained in jiu-jitsu and attended Missisquoi? Missisquoi Valley Union High School. All right. Uh, before transferring to Enosburg Falls High School in Enosburg Falls, Vermont. Enosburg. Those are interesting high school names. I'm guessing Northern Vermont is... Like, strange. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can see it. Um, on Brianna's 17th birthday in October 2003, she decided to move out of her parents' house 
there was nothing like wrong with her home situation. Mm-hmm. She just was pretty fiercely independent and wanted to be closer to her friends who lived about 15 miles away and went to a different high school, which I'm guessing was the Enosburg Falls School. Oh, okay. It didn't, like, say specifically that, but mm-hmm. it didn't say that she moved schools, like, more than once. Yeah. So she enrolled at this high school, um, but she continued to move around quite a bit and lived with several of her friends, so she had a pretty unstable living situation. Yeah. It just sounds exhausting. Oh my god. To willingly do that. Like to willingly live with friends in high school. Yeah. Irritating. <laughs> People are super annoying. <laughs> By February 2004, Brianna had dropped out of high school and moved in with her childhood friend Jillian Stout in Sheldon, Vermont, which is about 20 miles west of Montgomery, Vermont. Ver- Montgomery does come in. It's not random. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, she enrolled in a GED program to complete her education, and th- three weeks before Brianna disappeared, she was actually attacked by is it a friend. Uh, no. <laughs> attacked by a friend? Yeah. Friends don't attack friends. No. And, like, she fucked her up. Good, yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, the friend did? Yeah. Damn, so, even with that jujitsu background? Yeah. Oh, man. So this quote-unquote friend, uh, her name was Keely Lacrosse, I think. Hmm. It's like K-E-A-L-L-I-E. Keely. Okay, I'd Kelly. Say Keely, probably, maybe. Keely. So, yeah, she was attacked by her, and but no one really knew why. Mm-hmm. So, here, hang on, let me show you a picture of what poor Brianna looked like after um, this attack, because it was pretty intense. Yeah. Let's see. Damn. So, Keely broke Brianna's nose and gave her a concussion. Um, I think the reason why she was able to get those punches in is because Brianna was, like, in a truck, Mm -hmm. and she was, like, punching her, like, through the window. Oh. And witnesses claim that Brianna, like, refused to fight lacrosse back. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she sustained the broken nose and the concussion and did actually file charges against her, but were later dropped when she disappeared. Mm Mm-hmm. Obviously. Wait. It said they that she attacked her for no reason. It says that nobody knew why. Oh, okay. So there's, like, several theories as yeah, to why. Yeah. Most revolve around, like, a boy. Because mm-hmm. what else do women have to fight over? <laughs> there definitely has to be a reason, though. No, like, there's definitely a reason, yeah. just nobody really knew why. Okay. Or okay. refused to admit why. Right, right. Um, on the morning of Friday, March 19, 2004, Brianna took her GED exam. I'm guessing she passed because after the test, she and her mother went to lunch to celebrate. Oh, okay. Um, Kelly, her mother, stated that her daughter was in good spirits and that Brianna had discussed wanting to continue on to college. Mm -hmm. So, she seemed to be doing well. Um, After lunch, Brianna and her mother went shopping. While waiting in the checkout line of a store, Kelly noticed that something had caught Brianna's attention. Brianna told kelly that she'd be right back and left the store mm-hmm. like she didn't come back so kelly like she checked out and went to see where she went and she met her back in the parking lot mm-hmm. and she noticed that brianna seemed shaken and agitated and really upset so brianna said that she needed to go home and get ready for work um she worked at a restaurant called the black lantern inn in montgomery mm-hmm. Vermont. um 
Kelly, for some reason, didn't want to pry. I'm sorry. You pry. Yeah. Like, when something that weird happens, yeah. I feel like you have like to. Like, I imagine if I, like, went out shopping with you, mm-hmm. and you just, like, ran- randomly were like, I'll be right back. And went out, and I, like, went and found you, and you were, like, super upset. I'd be like, what the hell happened? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm way too nosy to not exactly. know. Exactly. Like, People yeah. need to be nosier. Uh-huh. <laughs> um... So, she just took Brianna home to Jillian Stout's house and dropped her off, and that would be the last time she saw her daughter. Um, Before leaving for her shift, Brianna left a note for Jillian saying she'd return after work um, and then left for Black Lantern Inn in a 1985 Oldsmobile. I'm telling you, Oldsmobiles? That's like your theme now. I know. (laughs) Uh, Also, it's just murder. Is near when there's an Oldsmobile. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, which was registered to Brianna's mother, Kelly. After work, Brianna clocked out um, at about 11.20 p.m. She told her coworkers she was just going to go home and rest before working the next day at her second job. Um, all accounts point to Brianna being alone in her car when she left. No one said that they saw anyone with her. Mm-hmm. Um, the next afternoon, a Vermont State Police Trooper was dispatched to an abandoned house on Route 118, about a mile away from the Black Lantern Inn. Brianna's car was found backed into the side of the house, like, kind of forcefully. Like, there was, some, there was a lot of damage to the house. Mm-hmm. Um, a piece of plywood that had been covering one of the house's windows ha- was, like, had fallen on top of the car, like, on top of the trunk. Mm-hmm. Um... Two of Brianna's paychecks were found on the front seat of the car. Outside of the car was a water bottle, loose change, uh, an unsmoked cigarette. I also saw, like, a sweater that didn't belong to Brianna was found. Mm-hmm. Um, assuming that the car had been abandoned by a drunk driver, the car was towed and impounded at a local garage. So they didn't think it was it belonged to a missing person yeah, or anything. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I also would assume it was abandoned by a drunk driver. Like, in that state. Probably, yeah. But wouldn't they look up who the car was registered to? They did. Oh. And they did not call Kelly. So they just decided to destroy it? They didn't destroy it. They impounded it. Isn't that destroying it, though, no. basically? No? No. Impounding it means it's the property of the, of law enforcement. Isn't it when they impound it, though, they, like, smush it? No. It's not? No. Oh. What do they smush it, though? I don't know, but impounding, like, um. I just don't know what, why. Like, when the police. That's not what I'm wondering. (laughs) Um, I think, so I don't know the exact definition of impounding, but I'm pretty sure it's if the police take custody of your car. I think you're right. Yeah. 100%. I I just am wondering. Like, when they smush the car. I don't really know if that's a thing. I don't think that's like, a the stupid word for just the police taking custody of your car. Like impounding does sound like it might. I'm I'm totally wrong. Obviously, <laughs> I just found out. But impounding sounds like they take your car and like compact it and destroy, like because, destroy like, it essentially. Because of pounding, because of impound. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. That's just not what it means. I don't know what to tell you. It's okay. What do you think that it should be called when police take custody of your car? Police taking custody of your car. That's a little long-winded, if you ask me. Um, I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) um, Brianna was not reported missing for several days after they found the car. Why? Uh, 
Didn't her friend I think will that was weird? explain it to you. God, everyone's acting sketchy right now. <laughs> <laughs> so much sketchiness. <laughs> anyway. Stop interrupting me. Just I kidding. have a lot of questions. I need to, like, know. Maybe I could solve this case. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, anyway, she was not reported missing for several days, and her mom didn't learn about her car being found abandoned until five days after it was found. Um, Jillian, the roommate, saw Brianna's note on Friday the 19th, but then spent the weekend away, so she didn't know that she didn't come home. Okay. Um, when she returned on Monday with the note still there, and, like, nothing changed in the house, and clearly no one had been there, Mm -hmm. she assumed that Brianna was staying somewhere else with another friend, or with her parents, or something, and she didn't call Kelly until the next day. Okay. Um, on Tuesday, March 23rd, God, I'm, like, the most annoying friend. I'd be like, Alexandra, where are you? Where are you? Yeah. Where are you? Yeah. <laughs> like, I would never just be like, eh. Uh-huh. It's fine. I guess it was a different time, but. I guess. But in a while also, I feel like she was a little more just kind of spontaneous. Like, depending on, like, where she stayed. Yeah. Like, it wasn't always a set thing. That's true. See, that's what to, makes like, it really Like, if I hard. didn't come home, like, this is literally where I live <laughs> all the time, so. Yeah, if you didn't come home, I'd be, like, filing a missing person's case, like, file like, the second I woke up. Good. Like, if I, I woke up you and you weren't That's home. That's good to know. And Michael didn't know where you are. Yeah. I'd first call your parents. Uh-huh. And if they didn't know, then I'd be calling the police. Yeah. Good, good. Yep. And if I'm not home, just call the cops immediately. Don't yeah. even wait till next morning. <laughs> where else would <laughs> I be? right away. <laughs> <laughs> On Tuesday, March 23rd, Kelly started calling Brianna's friends and her work only discovered that nobody had talked to her. Um... Still unaware that her vehicle had been discovered, Mm -hmm. Kelly filed the missing persons report on the 23rd. So, four days after, Brianna disappeared. Mm -hmm. On Thursday, March 25th, uh, Kelly and Brianna's dad, Bruce. Bruce. Reminds me of the shark from Finding Nemo. It reminds me of the fact that my grandfather used to call my dad Bruce (laughs) to make him mad. So... I was going to say your dad's name, but maybe I shouldn't. Brian. <laughs> okay. Hi, Dad. I didn't know if you would get upset. No. Because I feel I like if I said your mom's name, she'd get upset. Oh, she would. But my dad would <laughs> So, oh, okay. <laughs> there are a lot of Brian's in the world. Well, that's true. Um, never mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, so my grandfather used to call my dad Bruce. Why? To be a dick. <laughs> All right. Just to pretend like he didn't actually know mm-hmm. his name? Oh. Like he wasn't important enough uh, to know okay. his name. <clears throat> Yeah. Love you, Papa. (laughs) (laughs) He's just like that. Um, So Kelly and Bruce gave photos of Brianna to the Vermont State Police, and that was when a trooper showed them a picture of the car crashed at the abandoned house, which they identified as their daughter. Uh So they're like, uh, okay. Um, Kelly said she was, quote, instinctively revulsed, end quote, by the photo. And believe that someone else had left the car that way. Hmm. It's just an interesting way to describe how you feel. Yeah. Instinctively revulsed. Uh Uh-huh. Revulsed? It's very wordy. It's two words. I know, but, like, (laughs) the the two words used are wordy. (laughs) Lettery. I don't know. (laughs) They contain letters. I don't know. All the letters. But just, like, I don't know. It's very descriptive. Yeah. Yeah. 
Just something I feel like you wouldn't initially, like, how you would initially react to seeing that, I guess. Yeah. Like, just, like, not words you would choose, If I but saw whatever. maybe a dead person, I'd be like, okay, I was instinctively revulsed by that. I don't even think or, I would say it then. <laughs> but, like, you could describe. No, you could. You could. Yeah, that's true. But, like, just seeing a car backed into a house, like, saying yeah. that, mm-hmm. it's just interesting to me. Yeah. Um, so there were actually a few witnesses to the possible crime. Um, a man who had driven by the abandoned house between 11.30 and 12.30 a.m. on March 19th slash 20th said the car's headlights may have been on, uh, but that he didn't see anyone in or around the car. So did he go up to the car? No. He just drove by it. If it's that late at night, I don't think you're going to really see anyone in the car unless your headlights are, like, facing towards it. Well, like, I guess, well, if you have, like, your bright, if it's a back road and you have your brights on, maybe. you can probably see a lot. I guess, but, I don't know. I think if you don't see anybody, that doesn't necessarily mean that there's nobody in it. No, no. So. He just said he didn't see any. Okay. Um, There was also a second man who drove by around the same time, and he said he saw a turn signal flashing on the car. Around 4 a.m. on March 20th, this seems like an odd coincidence to me, mm-hmm. but Brianna's ex-boyfriend drove past the abandoned house after partying across the border in Canada. Um, he thought he recognized the vehicle. Good boyfriend. <laughs> it <laughs> looks like hers, but mm, too tired to go actually check. <laughs> Who gives a shit? Um, but so he didn't see anyone in or around it. Wait, he was just like casually partying in Canada? And then came back to the United States. Well, you didn't used to need a passport. I guess that would be so cool to get to say like, "Oh, I was just in Canada." A lot of people like did throwing down. People who live in that area do that, like who live by the Canadian border, Hmm. because I guess just the drinking age is lower. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, so he's probably driving drunk. First of all, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, just an odd coincidence. I think that he drove right by the incident. I guess yeah. Well, I guess it depends on where the abandoned house was like if it was on a main road that a lot of people traveled on yeah that's true then i mean it was on route 118 so i think that's a pretty well traveled road yeah so but yeah kind of a weird coincidence still yeah um the next morning the morning (laughs) see now i'm doing it Mm -hmm. the next morning some passing motorists found the seed 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 now i'm really (laughs) doing it uh found the scene odd enough to stop and take pictures. All right. Did <laughs> they like report it, or did they just take the no, pictures? No, they just and took leave? pictures. Okay. Uh, one of the people claimed that there was loose change, a water bottle, and a bracelet or necklace on the ground next to the car. <laughs> but uh, I don't think that loose change is there anymore. <laughs> so don't go looking for it. <laughs> uh, actually, they were pretty honest because the cops did find loose change. Oh well, good for them. <laughs> <laughs> it's not there anymore. Actually, I don't even... There was no loose change. Just forget I said it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I told you that. <laughs> um, yeah, so I just find it odd that they just... They're like, let's Took take pictures. pictures yeah. <coughs> I think some one of the photographers did call it in, because someone called in. Yeah, yeah. So, but still, I just think it's so odd. Mm-hmm. Um, the Vermont State, Pol- State Police did, didn't... Okay. 
What's yeah. happening to uh, me? It's both of us. I don't know. <laughs> um, I have an excuse. I've been up since 4.45. What's your excuse? <laughs> I don't have one. I just, like I said, I can't speak. <laughs> can't do English. Can't do English. Or any other language. I was going to say, let's do Spanish. <laughs> um... They didn't really believe that foul play had anything to do with it at first. They kind of leaned more towards the belief that she was a runaway. Mm-hmm. Um, she kind of had a... I don't know. She seemed like she had a little bit of an interesting personality. Mm-hmm. And she actually had run away before. Um, but the area surrounding the house was searched on foot by police with search dogs, but they didn't find any sense, anything. Um, which I feel like, it didn't say this explicitly, but I feel like that would kind of lead you to believe that she took off in a vehicle rather than, yeah. like, ran away, yeah, basically. Yeah, true. Um, Bruce Maitland noted that if Brianna had run away, she had left her ATM card, glasses, contact lens case, and her migraine medication. Um, <clears throat> eventually law enforcement did conclude that foul play was the probable cause of Brianna's disappearance. In 2007, the FBI stated that the scene where Brianna's car had been found may have been staged to look like an accident. Oh. Yeah. I feel like if I were going to do that, I would make the car go headfirst into the house, not backed into the house. Yeah, true. Yeah, that is weird that it was backed in. Uh, Brianna's parents have said that Brianna must have been abducted by multiple people because she would have been difficult to subdue due to her martial arts training. So. Okay. Yeah, I feel like that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, like, but she was beaten up by that girl who probably did not have martial arts training, Mm -hmm. but she was in a car and chose actively not to fight back. Yeah, that's very true. Different from being attacked by strangers or people that want to harm you. Yeah, like, you're going to give it all you got at that point. Um, in the week following Brianna's disappearance, the Vermont State Police rece- received <laughs> received <laughs> received an anonymous tip that Brianna was being held against her will in a house in Berkshire, Vermont. The house, which was rented by two men named Ramon Ryan's and Nathaniel Jackson, who were both known drug dealers in New York, was raided by police on April fifteenth, two thousand four. Um, police found drug paraphernalia and large amounts of cocaine and marijuana, but they did not find Brianna there. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan's was arrested for drug charges. I'm not sure why Jackson wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, I don't understand. Uh-huh. So, um, while interviewing Brianna's friends, police learned that Brianna had actually been using crack cocaine pretty oh. frequently. Damn. Um... And was an acquaintance of Ryan's and Jackson. In late 2004, police received an anonymous statement from an, quote, older woman <laughs> who implicated Ryan's and Jackson in Brianna's disappearance and alleged murder. The affidavit contained graphic allegations stating that Brianna had been murdered about a week after her disappearance, dismembered with a table saw, oh. and disposed of on a pig farm. Oh my god. All because of an argument over money. Police, I mean, have never been able to substantiate this, mm. but pretty graphic. Yeah. And it was a signed affidavit, so. Mm. Um, 
Brown's parents also claimed that they received several anonymous phone calls from people claiming Brianna was, quote, tied to a tree in the woods and that she had been disposed of at the bottom of a lake. What the heck? Yeah. At first I thought those two were, the, like, the same thing. Like, oh. tied to a tree in the woods and disposed and of. Then, yeah. yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> so they let her die tied to the tree and then they... Put the whole tree yeah. in the lake <laughs> the whole, with her the on whole it. Tree, but I thought they untied her and put her in the lake. Oh yeah, I definitely pictured her going <laughs> the in with tree. the tree. <laughs> like that's just a lot of work. Jesus. Not worth it. <laughs> no, no, but I feel like those were two separate like uh, things yeah. that people called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still funny. <laughs> Not funny at all, but yeah. <laughs> I'm just now I'm imagining a whole tree going in. <laughs> yeah. Um. So there were actually some later developments. Uh, in 2006, uh, security footage in at Caesar's World in Atlantic City um, showed a woman really strongly resembling Brianna mm-hmm. um, sitting at a poker table. The woman was never identified, but it looked a hell of a lot like her. Really? Oh yeah. Hmm. Like creep. wait, how long or how long after her disappearance was this? Two years. Okay. So, she would have only been 19. Yeah. I, I mean, you're not I old mean, enough to gamble. I guess she could have faked it, got a fake ID or something. Yeah, that's true. Or maybe, I don't know, was she, like, actively gambling? Yeah, she was at a poker huh. table. Yeah, I don't know then. Yeah. Because you can, like, get into casinos. Yeah. And, like, walk around without, Yeah, you know. but you can't gamble. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're 21. Mm-hmm. So, unless the rules in Atlantic City are the Wild West. <laughs> the Wild East. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so they, I mean, they never identified the woman at all. Mm-hmm. So, who knows who it was. Uh, in 2012, law enforcement investigated a possible connection between Brianna's disappearance and a serial killer named Israel Keys, a man who committed several rapes and murders in Alaska, Oregon, Washington, Vermont, and New York. So he's, he's all over the place. Oh, yeah. Damn. East and West. Yeah. Um, they did actually rule out a connection in late 2012 after Keyes committed suicide in Anchorage, Alaska. I don't know why they ruled uh, it out. Yeah. Oh, he committed <laughs> well, suicide. he's dead, so let's <laughs> what? just, nah. Whatever. In March 2016, so pretty recently, mm-hmm. investigators revealed that they had discovered DNA samples from Brianna's car, but results were not made public. Um, in July 2016, the farmhouse where Brianna's car was discovered was destroyed in a fire. And they don't know who lit it on fire? No, I mean, there wasn't really any info about the fire. Like, I don't know if it's considered suspicious or not. Yeah. I think it's suspicious, but I think everything is suspicious. Yeah, same. <laughs> um, yeah, so they weren't very specific with the DNA. What? Yeah. What like, they, they didn't say if they found it back when it was like, back when the crime, or whatever, mm-hmm. occurred, or if it was recently found, or what. Right. So, kind of interesting. Um, there are a few theories. First one is that she was a runaway, mm-hmm. which, I mean, I don't really think that she was. I I mean, she was talking about wanting to go to college, and she clearly had lots of friends, mm-hmm. and she left a note saying she would be coming home. Yeah. Which is also kind of interesting to me that she did that. Was that That's something true. she often did? Yeah. 
Like, wouldn't you just assume that she was coming home? Right, yeah. Like, every other night? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, the second theory is that Ryan's and Jackson mm-hmm. killed her over a drug um, squabble. Yeah. <laughs> a, dr- a nice drug squabble. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, I don't know, I feel like makes kind of a lot of sense. I mean, she was... Um, she was clearly doing drugs, Uh um, dealing with dangerous drug dealers in the process. She, maybe she owed money. Um, she had actually recently started her job at Black Lantern Inn. I have a really hard time saying that. Black Black Lantern Lantern Inn. Inn. Uh Um, like, maybe she needed more money, because she, it was her second job. What was her other job? Do you know? I don't know. Mm-hmm. It was in a place called, like, St. Albans or something, but that's all I saw about it. Okay. And, like, if she saw them, like, outside the store and went and talked to them, mm-hmm. and they told her, you know, they told her that she was in trouble and they were coming after her, uh-huh. then, yeah, that would upset you. <laughs> yeah. And then maybe she was afraid of them, and so she left that note so that people would know if she didn't come home, something was wrong. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I would do if I felt threatened by someone. Yeah. Make sure you know that it wasn't... <laughs> <laughs> that I planned on yeah, coming home. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, a theory is that the attackers who, you know, this it kind of goes along with the Ryans and Jackson uh, theory that they could have been waiting for her in her car. Like, duck down in the back seat. Oh, yeah. Which oh, is my that's, literal biggest fear. Yeah, seriously. I always check in the back of my car. Oh, me like, too. every time I get in my car, I me check. Me too. Every morning, so. especially when I get in my car, like, before work, when mm-hmm. it's still dark and all that. Yeah. Like, well, that's, <laughs> like, me at the end of my shifts at the restaurant. I always look. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I just get sketched out. It really <laughs> freaks me out. Or maybe they were waiting in another car to follow her. Mm-hmm. The road that she, her car was found on was actually a road that she took home. Yeah. So, maybe they ran her off the road or something. She somehow was facing, I don't know, I don't know which way the road goes. Uh-huh. But, um, like, somehow got facing to the back of her car to the yeah. house and then, like, thought she was stepping on the gas when she actually stepped on the reverse. Right. Or maybe they had a planned meeting there and... Something went wrong. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, it's just odd. Yeah. Um, especially the way her car was found. So, the third theory is that uh, Keely killed her. Um, she did really screw Brianna's face up, God. Yeah. Poor thing. <laughs> uh, there's a theory that Keely and Brianna's ex-boyfriend, the one who drove by the scene, uh, had a thing. And that he came forward and being like, oh, I saw the car, but I didn't see anything to mm-hmm. kind of take heat off of Keely. Hmm. Like, he knew what happened, but right. he was just trying to, like, distance them from it. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. There's not a lot to that theory. I don't think it was Keely. Yeah. But, I mean, she's sketchy. This girl seems That's sketchy. That's true, but to kill yeah. someone and, like... I mean, she's still in high school, so to be able to get away with it, like, mm-hmm. literally there'd be no yeah. evidence of her dying, like, yeah. that's, that takes a lot of skill, which sounds bad, but it does. It does, So Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, a table saw in a pig farm. Yeah. So, uh, has this case reminded you of any other cases? 
Um, so, it reminds me a bit of Maura Murray. There it is. Okay, yep. yeah. <laughs> so, so, that's what I was thinking when you were explaining it, just because, you know, the disappearance, like, literally her body has never been found. Yeah. And, and the car the, crash. And the car crash, the possibility that she was a runaway, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I know, I definitely thought about that. So, so, police have actually investigated a connection between the two cases. Ooh. Uh, Mora disappeared only a month before Brianna. I was going to say, this because ha- it happened around the same yeah. time, too. Yeah. Um, and only 90 miles away, which, uh, according to Google Maps, is about an hour and a half drive. Mm-hmm. Um, police subsequently ruled out connections, but I don't see any reason why they should have. Yeah. You know, like... Because if it's in the same area, yeah. too, I mean... Yeah, but. they both disappeared after car crashes. They were similar ages. They were sim- similar looking. Uh-huh. They both Bodies were, never found. Bodies never found. They were both having a hard time mm-hmm. in life. Like, it just seems very similar. Like, very eerily yeah. similar, even if they're not connected. Uh-huh. Um, so I just found that... Really strange. Yeah, that is. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, like... And that people think Mora was held in, like, the basement of a house. Yeah. And still under yeah. there. And there was a tip saying Brianna was being held in a house. Yeah. As well. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. It's just very eerie. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That is creepy to think about. And, like... I don't know, I guess I would have to look, I mean, you said it was only, like, an hour and a half away from each mm-hmm. other, like, where their cars were, Yeah. but, um, like, in Mora's case, there was that whole theory of the guys who, they, like, worked at, like, a ski resort or something, like, close by, and, like, they would always go to a certain gas station, mm-hmm. and so that maybe, you know, they sabotaged, like, her car, Yeah. and they, like, took her, and maybe, maybe, I don't know, like, maybe it was, like, the same guys are like there's a whole gang of them that are just like the in smiley that area <laughs> smiley face killers <laughs> but for women yeah um yeah i don't know no i serial killers. i think that is it's like if it's a coincidence it's a weird coincidence that, yeah yeah so yeah so um i guess i can show you a picture of more my kind of not all fucked up but like she has dark hair like light skin like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, they're similar. Um, and then I can also show you the picture. Well, this is the car backed into the house. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. It does kind of seem staged. It does, yeah. Well, because, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming, first of all, the car was still drivable, because it doesn't look that bad. Yeah, no. And then, like... Unless you're being run, I don't know, unless the car was already, like, parked there, and, you know, she, like you said, did think that the reverse, like, she was in, like, going forward when it was actually in reverse and, like, backed in or something, Mm -hmm. like, I feel like it's just hard to crash into a house, like, backwards, like that. (laughs) Yeah, see, my only thing is, like, maybe she was trying to get away, and so she just hit the gas, but the car, the gear was reverse. Yeah, yeah, but I feel like, I I don't know, just looking at that picture, I feel like she would have already had to been parked there for that to happen. Yeah, like, yeah, so maybe it was a planned meeting. Yeah. To pay off, like, a debt or something, Mm -hmm. and then 
she just they attacked her yeah or even like it was a planned meeting to meet up with the drug dealers but they didn't even get there that get there that <laughs> get there yet and then like somebody else like saw her alone there and mm-hmm. took advantage of that yeah same person who killed Marley. Mm-hmm. maybe maybe yeah so i just would love to read like the actual case files of the police just i want to know their process into eliminating theories and suspects yeah seriously like i'm if anyone's a cop out there or a detective and like wants to talk to us about this mm-hmm. like we would love to oh yeah that would be awesome yeah because like because I'm, we i we never get the full story no. i mean you know like there are sites that say oh they ruled this person out because of this but yeah. like just reading it, it's like, there's no way they could rule that person out just because of mm-hmm. that one, like, fact. Like, it had to be a series of things, and, yeah. you know, they, nobody knows, like, everything except for the people that are actually in, like, the investigation, exactly. like, involved, and so. Yeah, so I would just, like, really love to know, like, the process that detectives go through to eliminate suspects mm-hmm. and theories, and, because, <clears throat> again, usually it's not, there's nothing specific. Mm-hmm. There's, like, it was a polygraph, or they just ruled it out yeah how why exactly (laughs) and like maybe you know back in like years and years ago like the 19 like 20s through like the 70s like when they didn't have all the technology today i could see that Mm -hmm. just because they didn't have that much to go off of Mm -hmm. but you know this case was fairly like it was 2000 so technology had advanced like Mm -hmm. way past that so there had to be more like more reasons for ruling out a suspect yeah. than just oh they didn't pass the polygraph yeah <laughs> exactly yeah so I thought that was really fascinating mm-hmm. the connection to Maura Murray like gave me chills yeah <laughs> yeah I always say this but that's still like one of my the craziest cases like personally for me that I Top think I've case, done yeah. yeah so yeah that was that was a crazy one mm-hmm. yeah I like the disappearances I do, too, yeah. Like, I think they're fascinating. Mm-hmm. They're, like, the eeriest ones, I mm-hmm. feel like, because there's just no closure whatsoever. Yeah. Like, also, I feel like sometimes unsolved murders can be, like, like, Lindsay Buziak's murder has mm-hmm. always, like, freaked me out. Yeah. Because, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's one of my favorite. You know, I can't, one day I want to go back and kind of re-record episode one, because it yeah. sounds so bad. I know, it really does. But those cases were great. But our cases were so good, yeah. 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 I would like to do that one day. Just re-record the cases. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you just upload it over one. Yeah, (laughs) seriously. Yeah, those are good cases. Uh, Uh, Only we knew then what we do now (laughs) about how... The microphone works. That the microphone wasn't connected to the computer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If only we knew then. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that the usb on the right side of my computer mm-hmm. doesn't work <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh well but yeah i i don't know i want to like i feel like they're at least probably for the Maura murray like there's obviously updates because yeah. you just read one recently mm-hmm. and i don't know there was that's such a big case like there was so much to it there's no way i covered all of it so yeah. i feel like going back and kind of Doing it again wouldn't be, yeah, like super repetitive. No. So, yeah, maybe, maybe one day. Mhm. Yep. Oh man. Well, 
See? Yeah. Nine o'clock. Ah. That's not even bad. I know. <clears throat> I go to bed like a grandma on nights when I have to work <laughs> because 4.45 is the devil's hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that comes fast. Dude, it makes me, like, want to cry. <laughs> I wake up with so much dread when my alarm goes off. <laughs> I bet. I, like, actually dragged myself out of bed without hitting my al- my snooze, like, eight times. Nice. So usually I hit my alarm till 518. Uh-huh. And then I get ready in 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I'm out the door and I get to work, like, at, like, 555. Yeah. Um, but today I was out the door at, like, 525. And I went to Starbucks and I got to work at, like, 545. And I was like, okay, it's too early. Uh-huh. And then I can't clock in until 553. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> like, dang it. A little too early. A little bit. Yeah. It's weird because, I mean, I used to wake up early. Yeah. Like, well, when I worked the 6 o'clock shift at my old job, and now I just work super late. Must <laughs> be nice. I go back and forth, honestly. Like, yes, I like being able to sleep in, but at the same time, I hate working past, like, 9, <laughs> which most days I usually do, especially because we've been getting busier because <clears throat> the weather's been nicer and it's getting closer to summer. No, so I'd rather do that. If I didn't have to work 12 hours, Mm -hmm. it'd be different. Yeah. Like, if I could work 11 to 11, that's, like, my optimal shift. (laughs) But... I just... Like, working 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. is just brutal. Yeah. I feel like if I'm at my job past, like, 10, I just kind of shut down. Like, I get very, like, daisy, (laughs) and I don't know, like... It's just weird to, like, still be on a shift that late for mm-hmm. me. And, like, I've been... people who work night shifts and Oh, still dude, I could never do it. I couldn't. Like, I would never take a job that required me working night shifts. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I would absolutely I worry. hate my life. <laughs> I worry about myself when I'm a nurse, and I probably will have to do it because it's a rite of passage. Yeah. I don't think I'll handle it well. Mm-mm. Nope. I'm, like, more of a night owl now than I was before. Like, before, when I worked at the daycare, I worked, or I went to bed at, like, 9, 9.30 every night, and now I'm usually up until, like, midnight, just because I'm not tired that early anymore, because my body's, like, like on my days off, it, but when I have the next day off, I usually don't go to bed till like, 11, mm. maybe 10. Yeah. I go, I go upstairs, mm. because I get tired of human interaction. Just kidding. Wow. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> no, I just, I don't know. Yeah. I have, I usually have the plan to go to bed earlier, mm-hmm. and then I end up getting distracted and stay up later, but. Yeah. Before, I used to not be able to start a movie past, like, 8, because I'd fall asleep. My God. But Seven. now I can start Seven. a movie at, like, 10 and watch it all the way through. Really? So, mm-hmm. Wow. Just because my body has, like, gotten used to staying up later, so. I'm a new person. Wow. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, mm. yeah, anyway. Thanks for coming back. After we took mm-hmm. our week off. If you guys work night shifts. Um, and listen to us and on listen. your night shifts. We're honored. Thank yes. you. <laughs> For listening to us on ugh, what sound, seems like a terrible shift to have. but Yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I've never yeah. worked a night shift and I, <laughs> I really dread the day. I've been mm-hmm. asked to pick up night shifts before. I'm like, nope. Uh, yeah, no. So, yes. Yeah, sorry about last week, but yeah, she was sick. I was like, really 
the whole week. So (laughs) Really, really, really sick. So, in the interest of not getting Alexander and Colby sick, we just, and also not cursing you with the sound of my voice, mm-hmm. it's still not great. <laughs> a but lot it's better getting better. better. Yeah. Yeah, it was so bad. Mm-hmm. I really couldn't even talk very much. Yeah. At I'm... one point, I completely lost my voice. Yeah. Like, I tried to talk to Keats, and I was like, <laughs> and I was like, oh my Nothing's god. coming out. <laughs> nope. And she just looked at me. <laughs> She's like, um, like what she are you knew doing? I was trying to talk to her. Yeah. Like, she's like, <laughs> just fucking say it, mom. God. <laughs> yeah. Sassy. So I'm pretty surprised I did not get sick. To I'm be shocked. Because I don't know. I don't know if Michael was actually sick or not. I, I think it was really just from drinking was. a lot. But <laughs> there were so many people that like were sick around me, like even coworkers and like Preston got sick mm-hmm. and just. A lot of, th- like, people were sick, so I surprisingly, well, knock on wood. Yeah. I have not gotten sick well, yet, I don't so think hopefully you're I don't not going to get what I got. No. It's no, too that's, late for that yeah. now. But. But. It's, something has been going around, so. Well, I had, like, well, I mean, I had the flu, so it's a really good thing you didn't get that. Yeah. I wouldn't want that. Nope. <laughs> so. My whole work thought I had the stomach flu, and we're, like, under the impression of vomiting the whole week, mm. and I was like, no. Mm-hmm worse than that <laughs> no, <I laughs> no there's nothing worse up. than that it's the worst no i yeah. thought i got nauseous for one of the days mm-hmm. really nauseous and i was like oh god because like some, the like flu a can make you really nauseous too and make you yeah up. yeah but luckily i did not have that mm-hmm. <laughs> thank god <laughs> anyway tmi um <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't forget to follow us oh uh, okay that definitely sounded like you were starting to sing <laughs> Don't. I, I was. I don't know what song, but okay. I well, then you did, but stop like thinking about tomorrow. <laughs> uh, don't stop following us. <laughs> yeah, keep on following. Don't stop believing in us. Never stop believing. <laughs> Thank you, Journey, for on Instagram. Inspire that and Twitter <laughs> and and in life. Facebook. And let us be your guides through this world. Do we even post on Twitter? Never. Okay, well. I really don't like Twitter. If you decide to unfollow us on Twitter, that's understandable then. There's only like three followers on Twitter because I don't 